Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, what a good Monday. A good Monday to you. Hope you had a fantastic weekend, just like Sid and myself did. Sid doing his streaming stuff all over God and Green Earth this weekend. Myself, spending with the kids, little time in the kitchen. If you like food porn, check out my Twitter, at Rick Uccino. I got, I'm, dude, I'm trying to get back into my happy zone, right? Like, there's been so much, like, stress this year, and I'm constantly working, so I'm trying to get back into that. Just, just me time where I can just shut off my brain and just do what I like. And I have, I used to cook a lot and I don't, I didn't cook very often once we had kids anymore. Cause it was just like very quick, just like, all right, crap. Uh, we got 10 minutes. All right. Here's some Mac and cheese or here's some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or whatever. Oh man, I'm starting to get back into it and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I don't care if you guys find it annoying or not. I'm going to post the damn photos online because I, uh, at least the ones that I like anyway. SP3, how are you doing this fine Monday? I am doing well. You know, I'm in my regular set because we're, we're, we're filming at a reasonable time where my kids are not asleep. <laughs> so it feels good to be, you know, have the True Hill Heat background in the back and not have Rick making fun of the floral decoration on the other side of the room. So I am happy to be here Monday morning after what was relatively not the craziest wrestling weekend you know we we didn't we only had the 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 definitive update of the has the cody verse turns <laughs> yep uh definitely lock seal delivered according to pwi nobody else is like discrediting it matter of fact i think wrestling observer was able to independently confirm it and fightful has had a lot of other like little stories not full-on confirming it but confirming it that Cody Rhodes is coming to WWE. So obviously we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that uh, comments, concerns, uh, how he should be booked this close to WrestleMania. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, if you watch Friday night SmackDown, or if you didn't watch Friday night SmackDown, uh, regardless, you need to go back and you need to check out the performance of one Pat McAfee, who has quickly, very quickly become arguably the best thing about Friday nights on Fox, which is a good thing, but it might also be a bad thing. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, as well. The women's tag team division starting to heat up a little bit. I'm trying not to get my hopes up, and I'm pretty sure Sid is going to slap me back down and tell me don't get my damn hopes up. Uh, but we will uh, we'll discuss that as well. Also stole this uh, question from our good friend Louis Dangor of Gimme Sport. I saw him put it out on Twitter, but I kind of expanded it. We're going to. We're going to dive back into wrestling history, which Sid is uh, is a historian. Dutch Mantel certified, by the way. Yes, very much so. If you could change one thing about wrestling history, what would it be? Hmm. We're going to dive into all of that. But first things first, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Bet Online, for which out this show would not be possible college basketball is taking over we are down to the sweet 16 in the ncaa tournament but you can still wager is your bracket busted that's fine bet online is the number one spot for you with updated odds infos along with great contests 
They got the bracket challenge going on right now, so hopefully you're still in there for the huge top prize, but there's so many prop bets that you can get in on to. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game starts. And we will start with the man, the myth, the legend himself at this point. Cody Rhodes finally, reportedly, signed his WWE contract after what seemed like months of will he won't he will he won't he is he going back to ew no he's going to go over to ring of honor no wait he's got to come back to wwe because what the hell is seth rollins going to do at wrestlemania if it's not cody rhodes we have been talking about cody rhodes ad nauseum sp3 about what could possibly happen you have created an entire new segment and a universe over on on your uh, youtube channel true heel heat surrounding one cody rhodes now that we seem to have the definitive Proof, I guess, or at least the report that nobody is discrediting. It's not official until we see a body, right? It's like it's like a horror movie. Nobody's dead until I see a body. If I don't see a body, you're still alive. So we haven't seen him in WWE yet, so I guess things could still go haywire. But the report was he signed his contract two weeks ago, right around the same time that all of those rumors came out that, oh, talks had fizzled. And I'm not discrediting that report, I'm sure. Cassidy was told, hey, talks have fizzled. Maybe dude had bad information. Maybe it's a smoke screen. Maybe it's smoke and mirrors. Who knows what the hell's been going on? But you hear this report definitively. Cody Rhodes has signed his WWE contract. Your reaction? Oh, only smoke and mirrors. And I fit and I say, I say that in the best way possible because adrenaline is in my soul. The definitive update on Cody Rhodes is here from PW Insider, and I love the fact that he didn't give us any confirmation on when he's going to debut. He didn't say he was going to debut on Monday on Raw. He didn't say he was going to debut when the news broke on SmackDown this week. He just said that he signed, he's coming in, but he gave us nothing. We don't know if he's going to debut at WrestleMania. We know that there is travel set up for him to be at the Raw after WrestleMania. We know there was the, the report that there was travel set up for the night two of WrestleMania, which Cody people immediately shut that down and said that's inaccurate information. So we are still stuck in as the Cody verse turns, and I enjoy it because I do a lot of wrestling content, and Cody has been providing about 50% of it. <laughs> due to all of these reports but and you know i i can understand there's a lot of mixed emotions about if the if you're going to believe this report because there's people that are disappointed because cody has waved the flag he's been holding the torch of anti-wwe someone that was in their system brought up in their system you know was in his prime in under wwe and felt neglected didn't feel like he was used to the greatest of his potential and he went out six years ago and he took the world by storm he had a list starting out and he accomplished pretty much everything on that list so performed in pwg performed in the uk performed for new japan pro wrestling became the top star in ring of honor ring of honor world champion became a member of the bullet club the all-in event the biggest uh, independent promote independent event of all time in Chicago. I was there live for it. The catalyst, the genesis of all elite wrestling, which he helped build. So this is huge for WWE because they are, they are getting 
the biggest fish possible they could get to, you know, come back. Like we've been saying for weeks, you know, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole, more recently, Keith Lee, Sora Strickland have all jumped from WWE to AEW. Some release, some just making the decision to go over to their WWE had to make a salvo that was big enough to be a response to all of those moves. And this is it. Cody Rhodes coming in. And I, I love that, you know, I believe the report from Cassidy Haynes. This seems like something that has gone back and forth and that negotiations have been long. And I feel like the negotiations have pretty much started from the moment that Cody became a free agent. Yep. He was negotiating with AEW. He was negotiating with WWE. When he saw that he wasn't going to get the money he was looking for from AEW, he knew he was going to get it from WWE because, you know, he's friends with Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens like, Bro, I just signed a $3 million contract. You might want to talk to WWE because <laughs> they might throw even more at you than they're giving to me. And what we're hearing is that he's signing between maybe three to $5 million. So I'm very happy for him securing the bag for a guy that left the company six years ago and was getting paid a uh, half of a million dollars to come back and get five times that amount. Shoot, you cannot be mad at this man at all. But I definitely understand the there's some going to be some resentment from a lot of the fans that have, you know, become lapsed fans of WWE that have completely stopped watching WWE. This is kind of the the model of it all of anti WWE and Cody Rhodes. And now he's going back into the system, a system where there's not a lot that he's going to have control over. And one of the reasons why he left AEW is apparently he lost a lot of his control. And now he's going to a place where he has absolutely no control. So I think my whole rant right there is kind of to describe that this is all over the place. The reports, yeah. the feelings of fans, and probably this whole negotiation process has been all over the place. And in a nutshell, is probably going to be remembered as the story of 2022. I was going to say, look, this has been the best storyline of WrestleMania season. <laughs> this has been dating back pre-Royal Rumble. Yes. Um, all that talk of, oh, the forbidden door is going to be open at the Royal Rumble. Oh, we have like, Cody Rhodes is actually a free agent, even though he's a TNT champion. Could you imagine if he showed up in St. Louis with the TNT championship and entered the Royal Rumble at number 30? None of that happened. There was no forbidden door entrant. It was Mickey James, and that was pretty much it. M uh, Melina as well, but she was barely in it to count. Um, You know, so none of that actually happened. But we've been talking and debating and fantasy booking and doing all the stuff surrounding Cody Rhodes so long now that it's like, thank God this is finally coming to fruition. And that's where I'm at with this. It's like, thank God he signed with WWE. Otherwise, the last three months of stuff that we have been bantering about would have been for absolutely nothing. If he would have just turned around and gone back and gone and was the head of Ring of Honor or did the creative or whatever it was that was over there, or he and Tony Khan decided, all right, let's hash, let's start talking things out here. I know things were dead, but let, let's just, you know, pull the Cleveland Browns into Sean Watson thing, right? Like, ah, oh, this is dead. We don't want to do it. Oh, wait a minute. Crap. We screwed things up. Uh, all right. All right. We'll, we'll give you the full guarantee contract. Okay. Come on over. Everything. Why, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why the hell not? You know, again, at least Cody Rose doesn't come with the baggage that Deshaun Watson does, but that's a completely different uh, topic for a completely yeah. different kind of uh, show. Mm-hmm. But I look at this for anybody who's kind of disappointed with Cody Rhodes. Like, uh, let me just say, don't be 
right? And I get everything that you're saying. This guy has been the, the flag waver for everything anti-WWE, this, that, and the other thing, and I get all that. But in the end, Cody won. Cody won. He proved that he was right and Vince was wrong. Vince never saw him as anything more than a mid-card level guy. And he said, screw you, I'm out. And that's before there was a viable AEW product, which, by the way, as you already said, he helped build from the ground up. All right? AEW does not exist without Cody Rhodes. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. That is a stone-cold fact. This guy went out, bet on himself, went throughout this entire six-year journey, turned himself into a mega mega superstar, as I pull out my headphone cords here. So uh, I'll let SP3 uh, talk here in a second uh, so I can put my headphones back together. But went out made himself this mega superstar, and now he comes back to WWE. And if the reports are that he's making $5 million a year, that is him proving WWE wrong. Even if his booking is absolute ass from after Mania on, which we'll get into that here in a little bit, Cody wins. Like, Cody wins. I will never fault anybody for securing the bag, as you so eloquently said, because if it ever comes to the point in my life where I can secure the bag, bet your ass I'm doing it. Haven't got there yet, but the second somebody makes me an offer, if it's a good one, see ya bye. There ain't no loyalty in this game, all right? It's, you know, get every ounce that you can get. And WWE, whether they book him like a top-end star or not, them deciding to give him 3 to $5 million, if that's accurate, tells Cody Rhodes everything that he needs to know. He was right. He went out, he made himself a star, and he's being paid handsomely for it now. And like I said, there's going to be a portion of fans that are disappointed for you know him being that model of anti-WWE. And also, he, he really... You can't have any guarantees that he's going to be the American nightmare that has become this mega superstar in WWE. There's really no guarantees, but the fact that he's signing somewhere between two to five million dollar deal a year says that he's in that that range of I just want him to be treated as good as Kevin Owens. And that's not even great. That's not even being treated great. But at least Kevin Owens has a little freedom on what he can say. He's yeah. he's really kept pretty much a lot of the elements of what Kevin Steen was outside of WWE, outside of WWE in the company for this entire run since he came in in 2014. So if he can get some of that treatment, that's an improvement on what he left. And at the end of the day, five hundred thousand dollars. This man was getting paid. He was getting paid five hundred thousand dollars. He's gonna get paid two to three million at least. He's at least gonna get what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens got, and that is an upgrade. And if that upgrade comes with him going back to being Stardust, he made his choice. Yeah. I, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I've I've said it to before to Rick, and I've said it to a couple of y'all that follow me. I have relations and connections to WWE, and I've had times where my significant other told me, "Oh, you can get this job at WWE. You can get that job," but. I love True Hill Heat. That's something that I am passionate about. And that's not something I could do if I work for WWE. So I made the choice that's best for me and what I want to do in my life. Yeah, I probably could have secured a bag, but I made the decision that's right for me. So I'm never going to be 
I'm never going to spite anyone who's making the decision that's right for them at the time. If he wants to give up his true ill heat, if he wants to give up his AEW and his outside projects and go to WWE and prove them wrong right in their company, he's already proved them wrong the last six years, but he wants to go back and redeem himself. And Alex McCarthy of Talk Sports, our good friend, has brought it up in a, in a report that there was always that that side of Cody or that part of Cody that wanted to go back and redeem himself. This is his redemption story. And I'm very excited to see it. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, that's the thing is like now really there's only one, one hurdle left for Cody to clear. And that is to be booked as a main event star with your last name being Cody Rhodes. He has a chance to do something. His dad never did something that his brother never did. He can go in there this year and capture a world championship. Whether the titles are actually unified or not, there's still some confusion over that. Look, WWE needs somebody who can come in and beat Roman Reigns. Presumably, if it is Reigns that wins at WrestleMania, why not Cody Rhodes? And we're going to dive into that right now. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So many angles to the Codyverse as it turns. We were on a show uh, this past weekend that made some headlines because the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel, uh, expressed some concerns over Cody Rhodes going to WWE. Very real concerns because this, and it's not a knock on Cody, it's it's literally concerns that any superstar has coming over here. We've seen it actually play out in the past. Chris Jericho showed up in WWE, one of the greatest uh, debuts of all time for the company, was in the ring with The Rock night one. But two months later, he was just another guy on the roster. And that is what Dutch Mantel's concerns were, is that Cody's going to come in all hot, heavy, big star, big spot, beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and then what? And it cools down, too, three weeks later. And then all of a sudden, two months later, he's just another guy on the roster. So, SB3, number one here of the five count, the biggest questions coming out of the weekend. Are you more excited or concerned about Cody Rhodes returning to WWE? I'm excited. And I really uh, love the fact that it was Dutch that kind of said it because, you know, people would expect with the three of us on the show, it would be one of us that would express like concern about Cody returning to the company. But Dutch has actually worked there. He's been able to watch it for the past year with us as well. And he sees what they do with the guys. So I'm very happy that Dutch said all that. But I was kind of the contrarian in that in that in that conversation where I said that I do believe Cody is a bigger star than. Dustin than Dustin was and although he's not as big a star as what Dusty was in NWA or with the Jim Crockett promotion he is right now a bigger star than what Dusty Rose Dusty Rose was in WWE so him coming yes. into WWE getting this big money contract getting a contract that only the top stars have received like Kevin Owens, like AJ Styles, like Randy Orton. This he's gonna be in that range in that conversation. So I'm excited to see what they do. I'm also excited to see if it is worthy of concern. I'm excited to see <laughs> if they do completely bomb this out because at the end of the day, this is very this move, Cody Rose returning to WWE is more important to WWE Thank than you. it is to Cody Rose. Thank because you. WWE needs to get Cody Rhodes right 
or they are blowing it on MJFs of the world, of the yep. Jungle Boys of the world, yep. all these stars, Wardlow, all these stars that we've heard WWE say, oh, we got our eyes on it, or USA or Fox are telling WWE, oh, you need to keep your eyes on this guy. They will ruin all of that if they don't do well by Cody Rhodes. It's the exact same thing with Mickey James, right? At the Royal Rumble. That was like their first dive into the forbidden door. If they had completely just glossed over her, if she didn't come out to hardcore country, she didn't have the, the knockouts women's championship around her waist. If she didn't have any of that, if she was eliminated within the first like 60 seconds, no, none of that. They actually treated her like a big deal. They treated her just well enough. Right. I would have had her go just well enough, <laughs> just well enough. I would have had her last a little bit longer, maybe go down to the final four. Hell, maybe even the final two. Uh, hell, I would have booked her to win it. You know, that, that's just me. I didn't know Ronda Rousey was coming back at the time anyway. So. That that's that's the thing. It's like there's there's so many things surrounding Cody. The WWE. Yes, you're right. They have to get this right for all of the reasons that that you laid it out. And that's why. I'm going to say 51% excited and 49% concerned on my part because there are so many things that are lining up that they have to get right with Cody. They got to get it right for the AEW superstars. And then two, there's so many things that almost, almost force them to because if they're paying him three to $5 million a year, he's probably going to be able to talk on his own. I would think yeah. he's probably going to get main level booking. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be good. Okay. I mean, AJ Styles got the bag too, and he ain't been booked worth a damn for the last year. Mm -hmm. All right. He's been playing Bobo to Omos, who doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania. He got squashed. Hell, hey, it, his it, build it, to it, WrestleMania, he hasn't even been on TV for. It was just four months ago that Kevin Owens was jobbing out to Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. So that was right before he started. Yeah, that was right before he got the bag. So you can see, like, you see the difference when they give somebody the bag and when they don't. Yes. I mean, Cesaro, look, you could tell. I think that's when you could tell. There's so many uh, instances and examples of that. You can tell when somebody's contract is up because their booking starts suffering big time. And then all of a sudden, if they get a massive push, oh, it's probably a hint that they re-signed. All right? So that, that's just what WWE does. So the fact that he's making the money that he's making, the fact that WWE has to get this right for all the reasons that you laid out, if they ever hope to get any of these younger stars over from, and Cody's not old either, but you have to get all these younger stars over from, from AEW, they got to book him appropriately. So all of that said, everything that lines up there, it makes me believe that Cody's going to be booked well in WWE, at least toward WWE standards. And the fact that they need a huge single star. They really, really need that on the roster badly. So this is an, an infusion of, of new blood, so to say, to this show that they desperately need. All of that is working in favor of me saying excited. And again, it's still WWE. Uh, and we have seen them fumble at the goal line time and time and time again when it comes to creative standpoints. And there is one big thing that I'm concerned about. Part of the report that came out from PWI is that Cody Rhodes is being assigned to Monday Night Raw, which makes absolutely zero damn sense to me because I look over at Friday Night SmackDown where you have Roman Reigns, who will probably be on both shows when he's, when he's unified, right? So you have Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar's technically on Raw. So after Mania, you're losing one of those guys from SmackDown. So you have Roman Reigns. 
Drew McIntyre. Who? 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 Who in the hell is left that you could book? You well, you could book Cody, Kofi Kingston. You could book Sami Zayn. You could book Ricochet. You could book some of the other talented guys. I'll throw Happy Corbin in there. You could book those guys as main event level dudes, but you don't. You don't. That's your entire mid card. Who the hell do you have over with Big E injured? Unfortunately, you don't have anybody that you have booked accordingly in your main event scene. You are too deep. Cody Rhodes would be a very welcome addition on Friday Night SmackDown. Biggest audience. I think Cody would want to be on Fox. Moving him over to Raw, where he could get lost in the shuffle with Randy Orton and Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and Edge and Brock Lesnar and probably Roman Reigns as well. Do I need to continue? Because I can. That's where I'm getting concerned, and that's where I think back to what Dutch said, where all of a sudden he's just another dude on the show. I could see him very easily within three months of being on Raw just being a guy who's in a match at 9.15 on a Monday night. And that's my concern. So I'll say 51% excited, 49% concerned. Now, this is a question that we have talked about before, but circumstances are different. We know Cody's coming. Ain't a whole lot of time between now and WrestleMania. Seth Rollins is his opponent. That is something that has been on the internal run sheet for weeks, months even, uh, according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer. That said, SB3, number two here on the five count. How do you book Cody's re-debut with the company this close out from WrestleMania? Do you have him show up on television beforehand? Or do you have him show up at Mania? I, or even after Mania? I got to assume he's fighting Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. How do you book his return to the company? I wouldn't have him wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I would do some Ooh. type some type of angle, or I would honestly save the re-debut for the Raw after WrestleMania because the thing that is going to set the course of what Cody Rose is going to do is not a 15-minute banger against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. All that does is put him in the same position as Cesaro was last year. And that's, he had a great match with Seth Rollins after WrestleMania. One month later, he had a great match against Roman Reigns for the Universal title. And yep. one month after that, he was kind of lost again in the shuffle. So I don't want that for Cody Rhodes. The thing that's going to set the course for Cody Rhodes is when he stands in the middle of the ring with the mic in his hand. And we hear if he's still going to cut a Cody Rhodes promo or is he going to cut a Cody Rhodes in WWE promo? Yeah. That is going to be the difference. That is the thing that is going to get the fans behind him. That is the thing that is going to show the fans who are concerned that the WWE are going to treat him like a top star. Having a 15-minute match at Seth Rollins is great for Seth Rollins to have a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, but that's not doing anything for Cody Rhodes. If he is going to have a match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, I want Seth Rollins to be laughing at him turn around looking at the fans and then walk right into the dashing kick and then a crossroads and then Cody finishes him because that would tell me that WWE is saying we are making him a star on night one because he just beat Seth Rollins in like a minute that tells me more that WWE is going to treat him like a top star than a 15 minute match that everybody wants to see right now I just don't see that really telling us much about what Cody's going to do now yeah um Putting my Vince hat on here for a second. I'll I'll, I'll reverse uh, the roles here. I'm going to put my Vince hat on here. And you have a card at WrestleMania that is 
desperately in need of a big match. You 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 just do. It, it it's lacking something. So having Cody Rhodes come in and face Seth Rollins is one something that Rollins deserves, and that's why I want it because I want Seth to have a match at WrestleMania. He's your top guy outside of Roman and Brock. He's your top guy on Raw, and he's really starting to get over. Uh, so it kind of gives WWE, WWE the option to to play it by ear with what they want to do with Cody Rhodes. They can kind of gauge his react their the fan reaction to him and kind of figure out which direction they want to go with him because he could be a babyface or he could be a heel. I think he should be a babyface, but you know it gives you the option to kind of gauge and, and go off your live audience. I love your idea. I do. And I think the fact that you have two nights at WrestleMania gives you the option to do that and still have the match be at WrestleMania because you can set up that angle on night one and then have the match be at on night two. And that's exactly how I would book that. I don't want him at this point. I don't want him showing up tonight on Raw and I don't want him showing up next week on Raw. No. But WWE, to their credit, they're in a win-win situation here. Because the fans, now that they know, now the report's out there that Cody has signed and he's coming to Raw, they're going to be tuning in. And they're going to be sticking with Monday Night Raw all the way through the show. Oh, is Cody going to show up? Oh, wait, Seth Rollins. I would have Seth Rollins close the show both nights next the next two weeks. Tonight and next week, Seth Rollins needs to close the damn show so people stick for the entire three hours to see if Cody Rhodes is going to show up. And then he doesn't. And then more people are going to show up and watch WrestleMania to see what happens. You would could open the show with KO getting his ass whooped by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could have Seth and KO have a backstage segment where Seth is kind of like laughing at him for getting his ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he's going to go out there and do his talk show and bigger and better anyway. And then Cody Rhodes can come out there and kick Seth Rollins's ass and set up the match on night two. And then Cody Rhodes can kick Seth Rollins' ass on night two and then show up on the Monday after in Dallas and then cut his damn promo. That's how I would book it. I think that is the best of all worlds involved there. Seth gets a match. I, Cody goes over. That's just my thoughts on it. In, in, on paper, that sounds like a good idea. But if they do that the next two weeks, burn the fans twice on the Cody re-debut, yeah. I, not I their fault. I They're not I, advertising them. I don't, I, don't see, I don't see this going over well with the fan base. But that, but it's not W. It's not WWE delivering. It's just people's expectations of what's but going them, on. Them, them, basically part, uh, basically playing along with that expectation and saving Seth Rollins for the end of the show to not deliver a Cody Rose twice, and then you expect them to be all happy that Cody's there. No, because this is feeling this is feeling less and less like the Hardys at WrestleMania 33, and more and more like Taker at 34, which. Really, if you look back on it, that didn't help anyone. Cena literally had to not have a match for the next two years. You couldn't yeah. even use Cena the next year after what you did with, with that whole build-up to the Taker match. Like, you, no, don't do that again. Don't do that again. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, maybe they could give some kind of a hint, kind of let people know that this is going down on a specific date. Like, everybody knew CM Punk was going to be in Chicago for AEW. Everybody knew that was happening, and and AEW never did really any kind of promotion for it. Nope. Maybe WWE can find out a way to do just that. Uh, if you missed Friday Night SmackDown, you missed one of the best promos that has been cut on Friday night from someone not named Roman Reigns, and I don't know how long. And it came from the commentator. 
the color commentator for Friday Night SmackDown, and one Patrick McAfee. Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) This dude is doing everything he can to make this build and this match with Austin Theory much CTV, and it is paying off for him. This promo that he cut on Friday was great. He gets in the ring and he's talking about how, you know, how he really got into professional wrestling SP3. You can tell that Vince McMahon is just trusting him and letting him say whatever the hell he wants. It's like, like, damn it. Damn it. He didn't have the earpiece in, so he wasn't getting Vince yelling at him at the damn time. And he's talking about how he watched it on a second rate, no name network USA, giving the thumbs up to Fox and how it changed his life, and how he's talking about it. This is his dream to be in WWE. Then Austin Theory comes down, and Austin Theory wants his his apology for Pat McAfee attacking him when he was supposed to be, or at least defending himself, putting his hands on Austin Theory. Never mind the fact that we had not one, but two commentators win the 24-7 championship over on Monday Night Raw a couple weeks ago. Never mind that. Never mind that. Because, you know, storylines be damned and whatever. But (laughs) we can't. Pat McAfee, whatever, for whatever reason, had to apologize or his job on commentary was on the line. And so he apologized for beating Austin Theory's ass. He apologized that he was sorry that Austin's parents raised a douchebag. And he apologized for Austin Theory being a punk bitch. And Austin Theory pushed him away and everything. So no real confrontation there. But it was one of the best promos I have seen on SmackDown from someone not named Roman Reigns. And I can't remember. Is he? And we know he can wrestle. Number three, is Pat McAfee too good at this to just be a commentator moving forward at this point? No, he's I think that he is perfect as a commentator and he fits the role that Jerry the King Lawler had for two decades. Jerry the King Lawler could be used in matches sporadically and they sometimes did it in the good way with like feuds against Taz in like 2000 and when he was like when when a when a heel was up against Jim Ross and he had to step in and protect Jim Ross and they're building that type of relationship kind of the relationship that Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler had with him and Michael Cole where they are really establishing that's his mentor he called Michael Cole the greatest of all time because he really he really has an admiration for Michael Cole so I could see something once again you know when a big show is necessary that he has to step in and a heel wants to go after Michael Cole and he steps in to defend Michael Cole and gets back into the ring but he needs his first role needs to be a commentator because he's a breath of fresh air as a commentator. No one is like Pat McAfee. No one says the things Pat McAfee does. And most of all, no one is genuine on, on the, on the stake or either in the ring or on commentary like Pat McAfee. So his first role needs to be a commentator and then you can use him sporadically in the ring. Now, and part of me is sitting here watching this going down and I'm like, all right, now is Pat like this good or is it just like the rest of the creative for what they're giving the rest of the boys in the back that bad? Or is it a combination of both? Because the fact that Pat McAfee is out here being 10 times as entertaining as a vast majority of the guys on the SmackDown locker locker room, that's kind of a bad thing too, isn't it? Like it's great that Pat is in this role. 
But man, they got to let some of these other guys off the leash and sh- let them show their personality and see what they got because they're they're neutering some of these dudes. Yeah, I mean, they got to give them some type of freedom because from like two, like a couple of words in him just saying professional wrestling, you knew it wasn't a WWE promo. It wasn't a promo approved by Vince McMahon. This was Pat McAfee talking. And the only talkers that are better than Pat McAfee in that one promo are Edge, who's given the freedom to kind of say what he wants. Kevin Owens, who we've already established as kind of that same freedom. Roman Reigns, who got that same freedom when he returned. And Paul Heyman, who's been had that same freedom for over a decade now in the WWE. So the they need more guys to give them that freedom. That's why I'm hoping they give that freedom to Cody Rhodes and then they can give it to a couple of more guys and just give them the shot to see if they sink or swim. And maybe Cody can help with that. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, another thing that I really liked uh, out of what I saw on Friday Night SmackDown uh, this past weekend was the amount of time that they gave the women's tag team division which has been uh, long forgotten or just disintegrated. Really, we've had all of one team, uh, one rolling team uh, for the last like six, seven months. Champions win the belts. They sit backstage. Oh, we'll put together a team. Oh, they win the belts. The old team breaks up. Oh, now time for the new team to sit backstage and go to broga parties and this, that, and the other thing. But now all of a sudden, WWE, it seems like they, they have a really good foundation. That have, that has that has been built here. I like uh, what what did you call Sasha and uh, and Naomi? What was the the, the Boston Glow connection? The Boston Glow connection. I think they have a tr- a tremendous amount of chemistry uh, with one another. I was rolling my eyes initially at Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan being just shoehorned together, but I like them as a team a lot. Live for brutality. I, I I think that's those are two good teams that I would be very happy if either one of them won the belts at WrestleMania and then both teams just continued being teams as well. We're starting to see uh the the start of Nikki ASH and Dewdrop over on Raw, which I think is a team that could work really well with one another. And there's a few other teams that might come back into the fray after WrestleMania is over. I don't know how much I care for Natalia and Shayna Baszler being together, but let's just ignore them for a moment there. They seem to have the foundation built where they can continue on and continue building the women's tag team division after WrestleMania. Number four, should I, should fans who are like me who looked at that match that they gave them 12, 15 minutes on SmackDown. And the fact that this is going to be like a, a prime match on night two SV three. Should, should we get our hopes up that, you know, this is, this is going to continue after, after WrestleMania. Should we, should we get our hopes up on that? A prime match at night too. I'm 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 like holding out hope that this gets over 10 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. So I wouldn't call that a prime <laughs> match. And I wouldn't be it's gonna hopeful. be the only women's match on night two. I, I, I wouldn't be hopeful for the women's tag team division after WrestleMania. They kind of need the women's tag team division to get a bunch of the women on the card. Yeah. So that is what they are doing here. And I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying what they did. I enjoyed the Boston Glow connection. They're my pick to win that women's tag team match. But I don't think Live for Vitality, see, my daughter agrees. Uh, I don't think Live for Vitality need to win those titles because Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley are 
probably the only two women on the Raw roster that Bianca Belair hasn't had prominent singles matches with. And if Bianca Belair is going to win the Raw Women's Championship, you don't need those two women stuck in the women's tag team division. You need them as single stars to feud against uh, Bianca Belair. You can have Liv have like a token month run and feud against Bianca to lead up to a pay-per-view. But the real money matchup is Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. And I think Rhea Ripley is probably going to use this tag team to turn heel on Liv Morgan and set herself up as the top, the new top heel to go against Bianca once she's done with Becky because I think we all kind of figure even after the match, regardless of how it goes with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, they're probably going to have another match at WrestleMania. Yeah, they're going to run it back at WrestleMania Backlash. For for sure, there, there, There is a part of me, though, that would really love to see uh, because Sasha did such a great job of putting both Rhea and Liv over in that match on Friday. Part of me really, really wants to see Liv Morgan finally get over and win a championship of some kind at WrestleMania. So I will be rooting for them. Um, and, you know, I, I you could kind of say the same thing over on SmackDown. Do you really want Naomi and Sasha Banks stuck in a tag team on SmackDown after, you know, Ronda Rousey retains over Charlotte? Or re- Well, retains- the difference is they haven't run the match into the ground. This is only going to be the second time Charlotte and Ronda have faced. This right. will be the fourth time Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch have faced at WrestleMania. So they're going to do a fifth match. We know at WrestleMania Backlash, yeah. they could at least probably get more rematches out of Ronda and Charlotte, where Sasha and Naomi can kind of be in the, the women's tag team mix right. until they create another tag team to beat them. And then you also got Shayna Baszler, who's a very interesting option to go against Ronda Rousey after WrestleMania. You got Natalya who has a history with Ronda Rousey after sure WrestleMania. Do. There's more options for Ronda as SmackDown champion than there is for than there is for Bianca as Raw champion. If we are if we figure those are the two champions coming out, where you can have Naomi and Sasha have those titles, and at least them makes me a little bit hopeful for the women's tag team division after WrestleMania. Yeah, they're not going to just have. Sasha sitting back and catering, I wouldn't think. Um, the other thing is you got Asuka who's gonna be coming back soon. You got Bailey who's gonna be coming back soon. Bailey on SmackDown feuding with Ronda Rousey, that makes a ton of sense to me. But also Bailey feuding with Becky Lynch outside of the the title picture, that makes a ton of sense to me too. I'm not gonna get my hopes up too terribly much, but I I I want to. I really, really do. Uh quickly here, this was a, a question that was put up by Louis Dangor up on uh Twitter earlier today. Now he was talking about WWE history. So I'll expand it out to you, SP3. This is one of those fun things. If you could change one thing about wrestling history, let's just stick kind of with the booking aspect of things. If you could change one thing about wrestling history, what would it be and why? It would be Starcade nineteen ninety-seven, and it would be Sting running through Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And that, that I always go back and say it. There's never been a pay-per-view main event as built well as Sting versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan at Starcade 1997. And the fact that WCW blew that <laughs> by having Hulk Hogan dominate the match for 90% of it and then have him beat Sting. And then oh, uh, he was Nick Patrick was supposed to do a quick count. I don't even know what he was thinking. He was told by Hogan and Bischoff. There's been so many stories coming out of this one matchup, but this one matchup can be looked at as the start of the fall of WCW. And I think if they got that one matchup right and they had Sting destroy Hulk Hogan after that spectacular 18 month buildup to this matchup, 
possibly, I think we would be talking about WCW, WWF, maybe even ECW. Maybe WWE doesn't kill ECW as well <laughs> if they would have just got this one match right. Like the whole monopoly that WWE created that necessitated AEW would not have happened, I think, in my opinion, if WCW would have got Star K 1997 right. Simple, simple for me. And it's it's kind of a cop out because I'd be changing a lot of things. Um the booking of Bray Wyatt. All of it. All of it. Every single damn thing about it, as far as match results are concerned. This is a guy who lost every major match that he was put in on every grand stage, and he shouldn't have. He should have beat Cena. He should have beat Taker. Actually, he should have been the first to beat The Undertaker. Because if if Undertaker defeats Brock Lesnar at 33, you could come back and Bray Wyatt could have defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania 34, ended his streak, been put over as a huge star, and been the new face of fear. Do you remember how great that that idea was of Bray Wyatt emerging as the next Undertaker? And what did you do? No, you squashed it and you killed it by having Taker come back and beat Bray Wyatt after he had already lost his streak to Brock Lesnar. So there's that. You destroyed Bray Wyatt to a, to a point Remember when he finally won the WWE championship and everybody was happy. And then a month later, you have him lose it to Randy Orton. in what was a really stupid match at WrestleMania where more people were talking about the worms on the ring than they're talking about the match itself. And then you only had Randy Orton drop the damn belt to Jinder freaking Mahal a month later. You squashed him. You killed him. Any momentum that he had, the fans started. And this dates all the way back to when the Wyatt family lost to the freaking shield. There. Any chance they had? No, put- the Wyatt family beat the Shield. Did they? I don't yeah, remember. That. They beat the Shield at Elimination Chamber 2014. The whole start of the fall was WrestleMania 30 against Cena when yeah. he was using all the stuff against Cena against him. But I mean, yeah, probably Bray Wyatt would be a star if uh, you could change those things. But that's a that's a lot. <laughs> that's not changing one thing that's changing a but if you if you could give him one if you could give him yeah. one hell i got one for you saudi arabia losing to goldberg in 60 seconds after this man literally survived an electrocution to win the wwe universal championship in saudi arabia yes you, you killed seth rollins and all of his momentum and put the title on the fiend you had this money character, this unbeatable character, and then two spears and a half-assed jackhammer, which was basically a vertical suplex, puts him down. It pisses me off. It still pisses me off. It's like every time they had a chance to, to give him the, the reins, to give him the keys to be the top guy in the company, you ruined one character. He's so damn brilliant, he comes back and he gives you another money character, and you ruin that one too, and then you release him. There's a lot that you could change. There's a lot of things you could pinpoint with Bray Wyatt that they got wrong. Again, 51% excited about Cody Rhodes, 49% concerned because WWE has clanged the slam dunk so many damn times. I'm going to try and stay hopeful, though. Try and stay hopeful. We appreciate you guys listening to all of 47 minutes of this half-hour podcast. Pretty good time for us today. Pretty good time, SP3. Uh, tell them what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. 
Uh, at True Hill SP3, uh, the band, the gang, True Hill Heat YouTube channel, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah, and I'm starting up on Wrestle Talk podcast on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Myself, Set E Nyangi, and Tempest will be reviewing NXT 2.0, and then starting the week after, it will be Mocha 2.0 with myself and Set reviewing NXT. So check that out as well. Uh, you can find me right here, uh, speaking here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel and the actual podcast channel available anywhere. Uh, you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, we're everywhere. Uh, you can also follow me on the Twitter machine at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O. Make sure to check out uh, our conversation with Levi Cooper, which is up, a.k.a. Tucky, which is uh, up right now on the uh on the YouTube channel. Uh, also, we've had recent conversations with Wardlow, with Corey Grayson Carmelo, with Jimmy Wang Yang, with Kofi Kingston, with Santos Escobar, all of that. Oh, also, by the way, baby, are you ready? 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 We're going to have Montez Ford coming up here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel ahead of WrestleMania. So there's so many reasons. Like, share, subscribe. Appreciate you guys listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.